people would ask me what I wanted to be um, when I was older and I was like a psychologist and like I used to work in psychology for four years as medical assistant and so um, astrology and psychology actually share the ninth house and they share the eighth house. Welcome to the Like-Minded Podcast with your host Jenna Shimon. My goal is to share insights and information through real-life experiences and conversations between me and different guests. We talk all things spiritual, psychological, and everything in between. Hello and thank you for tuning in. Here's a quick overview of what today's guest and I were talking about. Autumn is an amazing astrologer. We met through the TPM to be magnetic work and since then just catch up here and there. I was a guest on her podcast. I'm gonna link it below in the show notes for you to tune in and listen to. And we became friends. In this episode, we talk about how Autumn got into astrology, about synchronicities, just things happening in our lives. We even have some synchronicities that you can listen to right in this episode. We talk about parallels to human design and how the next six months look like astrologically, how the planets affect us and how they might affect politics. Autumn also gave me an insight to my natal chart for the last 30 minutes. So if you like to see what to expect when you book a natal chart with her, you know what to do. Hello, Autumn. Welcome. Hello, Gianna. Thank, thank you, you so for much having for me. Your, yeah, thank you so much for your time. I'm super excited to have you on the Like-Minded Podcast today. And what I'm asking every guest on my podcast is, um, it doesn't have to be political or um, spiritual or religious for you to answer, but just answer what comes up for you first when I ask you, what do you believe in? Whew. Um, what do I believe in? I believe in astrology. I mean, I think that's like my easiest and my, my go-to. That's something that I look at life through. Like I look at life through the lens of astrology. So for me, it's definitely not a religious thing. It's more spiritual, but I believe in the stars. I believe in the cosmos. I believe that there is something bigger than us, um, but I don't necessarily have a name for it. And I feel like it's, it's something that's very individual. Amazing. I like that answer. I'm super excited to hear more answers to that question because I think it's like so broad and like you can go in so yeah. many different areas with this, but I love that one, especially because where you are coming from. So maybe you want to dive more into that. Who are you? What do you do? All of it. All of it. So I'll start with who I am. My name is Autumn. I am an intuitive astrologer, but I'm more than that. I don't really just like classify myself as just an intuitive astrologer. I think I'm a philosopher, I'm a writer, I'm a poet, you know, I'm all of these things. And I really, like I said, look at everything through the lens of astrology. So that's why I like to have like that, that background or that like name behind it, because everything that I do is kind of weaving astrology into it. So um, I'm 28 years old 
and I'm half black, half white for anybody that cares. And uh, I grew up with a pretty dysfunctional family, I would say. Mm. Um, And so I think that that really led me on the path to psychology and understanding like my inner self. I always felt like I was the nurturer. I always felt like I was the one Mm. who had to kind of keep the peace and bring everybody together, very much um, people pleasing. And I have a Virgo rising, so I'll also profile myself, Gemini sun, Leo moon, Virgo rising. And when we look at astrology, the rising sign is all about the person that we were molded to be, the person that we were, our parents wanted us to be this person. And for some people, when they have their sun and their rising the same, I feel like it's beautiful because I'm like, your parents mm-hmm saw your essence, they saw your light, they saw who you were, and then they raised you to be that. They like nurtured that within you. If you have a different rising sign, which many people do, it's not necessarily that your parents were trying to change you, but this is how, this is your perspective in the world. You saw that you had to be this person for your family to fit into that dynamic, to be loved, accepted, seen, heard, all of the et cetera. So for me, um, having a Gemini sun and Leo moon, I'm very playful. I'm someone who likes to laugh. You know, I don't take life seriously mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Um, and I have a lot of fire in my chart as well. So the Virgo rising is very much like, what's that doing there? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. what's, what's going on with that? Because that's me- very practical. It's very um, efficient. It looks at the small details and it can, and it can be very serious at times. So I find that, um, I love my Virgo rising. I've come to love it, but it is something that I felt throughout my whole life. I had to be the, um, the fixer, the helper, the Mm -hmm. servant in a way. So that's a little bit about my background. Now I love to tell the story about how I got into astrology. I don't really know like when, I always knew I was a Gemini and I was like, I love it. It's great. Beautiful. Right. Um, And then when I started learning more about the birth chart, I asked my mom what my birth time was and she gave me, my brother has the same birthday as me, but two years after me or before me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Irish twins. So she gave me his birth time. And so I am studying my chart thinking that I'm a Gemini sun and a Gemini rising, which I could relate to because I already have the Gemini essence within me. So I was like, yeah, this like tracks and also Gemini and Virgo are both ruled by Mercury. So it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, very similar. That's my chart's direction. My life's direction is very mercurial. So um, I started studying that chart for, I want to say a year and a half. And then um, still didn't feel like as connected as when I actually learned my real birth time. So, like I said, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. And as we know, that doesn't just start from one place that's like farther down the lines, right? So, in 2016 or 17, I want to say, I don't remember the years, but my um, great grandma, my great grandpa passed away. And so, this is my grandma's dad. They're very um, close to each other. I'm very close to my grandmother, but Uh, my grandpa was not a great dude. And so I don't really, I didn't have a connection to him. He was Mm -hmm. racist, you know, just, I could go down the list, but I'm not going to. So she asked me to go 
uh, with her to pack up his stuff. And he lived in Wisconsin, which we were in Illinois. I grew up in Illinois. And that was about two hours away from us. So I was like, do I want to go to this man's house? Hmm. You know, debating it over in my head. But something in me just said, Autumn, just go. Just, Just go. So I went. I took the drive by myself. She was already up there. And um, when I got there, I I felt this pull to look through the photos. I was like, I just want to look through the photo album. So I'm looking through photos and I come across this newborn baby picture of me and um, like fresh out, obviously cleaned, but fresh out. And the time was not the time that my mom told me. Mm. So I was like, what? (laughs) The time is 1133 over here too. So very synchronistic. Um, So I texted my mom right away and I was like, mom, what is my birth time? Like I sent her the picture. I'm like, is this my birth time? She's like, that has to be it because that was taken like right after I wrote, you know, that was very shortly after um, you were born. So that's Mm. more accurate. So then I looked at my birth chart and I was like, let's see if this makes a difference. And of course, lo and behold, it did. I um, now have a Virgo rising and all of my planetary placements in my astrological chart have changed and shifted. So my, my planetary signs are the same, um, but my houses are different. And mm-hmm. that is, you know, the juice. That's the core of astrology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was like, so knowing that uh, when I left there, I was like, I came here for a reason. This, I was led here. And as soon as I left, I just dove right into my chart. I was like, I have Mm. to find out everything. So that's really where I felt like astrology, like found me. Like I was already on the path. I was already learning about astrology, but I was studying under the lens of not myself. Like I, I wasn't studying myself in some ways I was, but um, until I had that final missing piece, that's when I was like, oh, this is, this actually makes sense. Like this mm-hmm. isn't just um, system and it just all pulled together for me. Um, and I could actually relate to my Virgo rising. And so, yeah, that's kind of my origin story with astrology. And from then on, I kind of would just take everybody's chart and be like, here, let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, <laughs> and basically go just tell them about themselves. And they're like, yes, yes. Um, and then it was in 2019, I joined a spiritual community and I was just, you know, talking on there about astrology and I had somebody, um, jump in my inbox and ask me if they could pay me for a reading. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. I never thought about doing that. And so of course I had all of this imposter syndrome. I had all of this, you know, like all of the heaviness that goes Mm -hmm. along with, um, the responsibility because before it was fun. And even though I knew I was accurately reading people's charts, I wasn't doing a in-depth thing. I was just like looking it over, giving them a five minute synopsis and then like going on about my day. Now I was going to actually have to research. I was actually going to have to record and like give this person a full reading. So um, that started in 2019 and it's just grown since then, mm-hmm. mostly by word of mouth. It's amazing. That's just pretty much is showing how it grew organically and just, um, I don't know, like came to be by synchronicity, I guess. So that's amazing. I love to hear that. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was very synchronistic. Very grateful. 
interesting like in modern astrology psychology is ruled by the ninth house um, and the eighth house but I've always been interested in psychology Hmm. when I was little like at the age of eight I wanted to be a psychologist so I've always been (laughs) yeah like Virgo rising shit but I just um, wanted to say yeah (laughs) but yeah people would ask me what I wanted to be um when I was older and I was like a psychologist and like I used to work in psychology for four years as a medical assistant. And so um, astrology and psychology actually share the ninth house and they share the eighth house. So it's very interesting that Mm. those two, um, and there's also a lot of inherent, you know, like similarities with astrology and psychology, at least modern. I can see that. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm definitely also into both. I mean, I grew up with my aunt reading my, my chart. So it was never like a confusion about my birth time because um, she was or is very close to my mom. So she was also there when I was born. So she like knew my birth time from beginning on. And yeah, so so I got like read my chart, I think the first time for me when I was able to understand it, maybe when I was like 10 or so. So it was always kind of a part and I was always interested in that topic in general. And it was always fun to me to, um, I never really got over or like more into than the sun sign for the longest time. Also, when I was just talking to friends about it and was just always asking about it, never really got to ask for the moon sign or for the rising or anything else. But the older I got, the more I like was diving into my own chart, like getting to know more about myself, understanding what it means. Like I have a Virgo Mer- in Mercury, for example. Yeah, so that, that. Um, yeah, so that's also like a very specific energy, I would say. Like you can definitely tell when someone has Virgo and Mercury. It's an exaltation. It's an exaltation. Mercury loves to be in that sign. Yeah. And yeah. I-, I love Mercury and Virgo people. Okay. Very intelligent. <laughs> Thank you. Very intelligent. Yeah, I have Mercury and Gemini, so like I'm the domicile. Okay. Mercury's home in Gemini, um, but it loves, loves, loves to be in Virgo. Yeah, yeah, and it makes sense. Um, and yeah, when when I like found out about that, that that was just when I started to see the depth of it. Um, and then obviously it's so much more deeper than that. But like that was the first stone for me of like. Oh, it's not just me being a Leo, which Leo. makes total sense because I'm an outgoing person and I, you know, but like, I was like, wow, that makes like so much sense and I need to get more into it. And that was probably also around the same time as for you. Yeah, 16, 17 was when I was getting or where I was more interested in understanding more about it to be able to talk about it and not just about like, what is my chart about? And um, yeah, so... I can see that, that there is, um, um, yeah, a similarity to psychology as well, because I'm, I'm also very interested in that topic, because I think it makes sense to understand yourself when it comes yeah. to these topics more to be able to know who you are. So I can totally see that. That's interesting. Never really thought about it that, or never really got so deep. I always say that um, astrology is the soul's psychology. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, I can see. I don't know if I got that from anywhere, but I think it's original. (laughs) I think I thought of that one. (laughs) Okay, claim it, girl. It's yours. I'm like, wait, did I hear that from anywhere? But no, no. 
Um, and it's true. It really is because once you start to get deeper into your chart, you can really under, you understand yourself. You're like, oh, that's why I do that. Or, oh, that's why that happened. Or, oh, that's why I feel so drawn or pulled to that subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's also what got me at some point in your life, probably also around Saturn return, uh, which makes sense around that time for the both of us, I think as well, 2016, 17, maybe a little later for you. I haven't had mine yet. Um, I'm, yeah, I have my Saturn in Pisces, so I will, I will be going through it in a few years. So watch that shit show come for mine. Yeah, for me, it was definitely in 2017, which makes total sense. Mm. Um, Also with like getting deeper into all of these topics as well, uh, into spiritual topics in general. For me, that was definitely the time because Saturn and Sagittarius. I don't know, actually, but maybe uh, I don't know by heart. But for me, I just remember, I think I had my Saturn return in May, if that helps Mm. you. 2007 um but no I'm just like backtracking and I think mm-hmm. that you would have had it in Sagittarius that makes yeah. a lot of sense maybe we could always pull up your chart too yeah yeah we can do that I mean <laughs> yeah I have some yeah. some 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 other questions but let's let's of we course can, we can definitely let's do that. get into it um yeah th- so like I wanted to know what do you want people to know about astrology like in general about your work in general and then also like to debunk some misconceptions what do you want Mm. to clear up about astrology so my work in general like I said I'm an intuitive astrologer I understand modern astrology I'm taking right now an ancient mystic course in astrology that's Mm -hmm. a year long Um, but I use a lot of um, I like to compare a lot in astrology because I I, I think of myself as a teacher. I like to teach people when I'm going through their chart. I don't want to just talk about your chart and not include you in it. I want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're understanding exactly what I'm telling you and that it's lining up. Um, so that's how I approach astrology. And I don't, it's not a, pre, you can do predictions with astrology. There are absolutely ways that you can do that. Um, however, I don't do predictions with astrology. I'm not... I don't do specific predictions with astrology. If I'm looking at a transit reading, I will tell you, okay, this Jupiter is moving into your fourth house. Um, You know, you might feel like you want to have a child or move places, or there might be, you know, X, Y, and Z happening at that time. But I'm not going to say that you are going to specifically have something happen to you because I do believe in free will. I believe that um, we don't have a set. Our chart is more of, it's our soul's blueprint in a way. And it's Mm. also what we are, um, the karma we're coming here to work out in this life. We can see that all through the chart. So when I'm looking at somebody's chart, I want to see, I'm looking at specifically, what are they here to do? What lessons did they come here to learn? What are their gifts? What are their skills? Um, And you can look at astrology through so many different lenses. So there's other astrologers who are going to look at, um, you know, your Lilith more, or they're going to look at like that divine sexuality. You know, you can Mm. go to different astrologers to find different things. But for me, I feel like I've always been searching for purpose. Mm -hmm. I've been open G center and human uh, design. So I've always been like purpose, purpose 
purpose. And so I feel like I've discovered my purpose. I know mm-hmm. what my purpose is now. And so I discovered that through astrology. I discovered that by learning my chart and um, helping other people understand their own purpose through the lens of astrology is my mission. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you just brought up human design. That's definitely the same reason why I was forever searching for my purpose, forever understanding my purpose. And the first time I got more into my um, chart and astrology was the first time I was able to see more of my purpose. But when I then tapped into human design, it just got even clearer. Like just knowing my energy type just blew my brains out. Like... (laughs) everywhere I was just like (laughs) what the fuck like this makes so much sense and funny thing is that um, I was actually living my design but at the same time feeling that I'm doing life wrong because Mm -hmm. society tells you to do something different right? right like I'm a manifesting generator and what it says about these energy types is that you're supposed to be doing many different things and not necessarily like bringing things to the finish line and ending yeah, things. Not finishing. Like, yeah. Exactly. So that's definitely one of the biggest points where society is telling you that is wrong. Like you always yeah. have to finish things. You always should finish things, even if it gets like not so fun anymore or it gets tough, like just like be determined and just finish things. And you better stay yeah. with one thing to be successful and I was always a person that did many different things, but at the same time, feeling like this is not the right thing. And so I just put myself in the position of believing that I'm not doing it correctly, life itself, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So this is what human design did for me. Like just, I realized who I am and reaffirmed who I am and um, just gave me the permission to, love doing it that way and not feeling so you know guilty wrong and guilty about it anymore so yeah so now I'm like um, learning to be a reader because I have the feeling that this could help so 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 many people just understanding themselves so many similarities again right (laughs) like you did the same wonder we came together exactly (laughs) exactly yeah that's amazing yeah maybe that that's also like a nice story actually how we came together right like yeah. we actually just for you guys listening um came together because i was starting to do the pathway to be magnetic courses by lacey phillips and it's about courses to do shadow work inner child courses to just get into the depth of your conditioning and trying to get rid of them and uh, be more magnetic and yeah get more things, things into your life you want. exactly manifesting yeah. and I was just browsing along on the website just reading for other people what they were doing what they were achieving and manifesting through doing this work and I came across Autumn and I just wrote her on Instagram and we clicked and had a zoom call and since then are in touch and um, yeah it's been amazing it's beautiful I love it <laughs> yeah definitely is one of the best things I did that day definitely <laughs> yeah yeah TVM has been so like beneficial in my life and I won't go down that that road because I always do um <laughs> people probably think I like get a sponsorship or something Mm-mm. the amount that I recommend TVM to other people and I'm like, same <laughs> 
I'm like, no, literally this just changed my life. Yes. And I know that it could help you. But again, Virgo rising, I don't need to solve everybody's problems. So yes. <sighs> no, it, but it's the same thing for me. Like I started this year in January and I'm still doing it daily. I, there's every chance I get to talk about it to people when I have the feeling that they are like on a crossroad in their life or whatever, or something is bothering them and they can't yeah. put their finger on it or whatever it is, I pull this card. I always tell everyone about TBM to be magnetic. Like I, I literally so can understand what you were just saying about like, you should get a sponsorship because it's the same for me. We should, I should get a sponsorship. Yeah, I'm going to start. No, <laughs> I literally like on almost every one of my podcast episodes, I'm like, so TBM, do the work. <laughs> I mean, I, so the other place that I look at it from is I've always um, been in, I've been in and out of therapy my whole life too. And when I was old enough to actually like put the use therapy to my benefit and not just like be sitting there talking right I don't know like it wasn't I did a lot of talk therapy that was helpful in some ways like to mm -hmm. be able to like talk to people that I felt like I could trust but in some other ways I felt like I was just ruminating more I felt like I was just you know thinking and analyzing things more and I don't need to be doing that mm -hmm. um so when I found TBM I was like, oh my God, this is a inexpensive. Like it's doing the work that I've done in therapy um, in like a month and mm -hmm. like two months, you know, mm -hmm. it's like getting down to the root of it. And I would always talk to, I'd be like, okay, doc, like, um, so this is what we need to do. Like, I don't feel like I am getting any benefits from this. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, more talking, mm -hmm. like, this, this ain't helping. <laughs> this is not yeah. helping. Yeah, I feel you. I think it's also that you can decide how you go about it, how deep you go. And yep. there's no need to explain your life to someone else. So the person has even a grip of you to actually start the work. Right. Because there's no need for it with TBM. You just start the work because you know all the stuff or your subconscious will bring it up. The when ability you do the work. to heal yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, yeah, sponsorship. Um, <laughs> let's get back to the topic. Yeah, um, I also wanted to know from your perspective, what can you say from the astrological like lens? What kind of time we are going through at the moment, especially 2020 and 2021? And you just said you don't really do predictions, but if you also want to go into the next six months, if you can like say something about that, that would be interesting too. So I would just say for since maybe 2019, I would say we're going through a big shift astrologically, and that is directly impacting humanity. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that we are moving into the age of Aquarius And I think a lot of people would agree that it officially started when uh, in the great conjunction mm -hmm. between Jupiter and Saturn um, in December with them moving both into Aquarius and being in zero degrees, right? So 
I think that's when we started this age of Aquarius. And you can see all around us right now the shifts that are happening, right? And I think the big shifts that are happening, at least from my own lens, the people that I surround myself with, the media and everything that I surround myself with, a lot of people are starting to wake up. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are starting to see what is not working for them and see, you know, the systems and everything that has been put against us. People are starting to fight back in a way, you know, um, people are starting to stand up and raise their voice. And that's what Aquarius energy is all about. It's about, we're going to be in this for 2000 years, guys. So our whole lifetime, we're going to be in this energy of basically revolutionizing and trying to come together, humanity coming together to fight the 1% in a way. And I don't know if it'll actually be a necessary a battle, but I know that there's a lot of things that are changing. There's going to be infiltrations and there's going to be a lot that's happening. However, it is, in my opinion, a better energy for the powers that are over us to control. A lot of people right now are waking up to who they want to be, who they want to be for their community, who they want to be for, you know, the people around them. It's like looking at yourself from a different point of view and not really uh, seeing what you need, but what everybody else in the collective needs around you. Where can you insert yourself in that? Mm -hmm. So you you also said for the next six months. So I, there's a lot of retrograde energy going on. Mm -hmm. Mercury just moved out of retrograde, but Pluto's retrograde until October, Neptune's retrograde, uh, Jupiter's retrograde till October. There's just a lot Saturn's retrograde so there's a lot of inward energy I feel like right now we're looking at a reflective period and that's reflecting authorities you know taking inventory they're reflecting that's that Saturn energy Um, we're looking at where we need to die that's Pluto we're looking at the deaths that we need to have our internal deaths whenever we have a retrograde period it's much more of an internal energy that's Mm -hmm. going on and then when it turn when it um stations direct when it starts moving to go forward that's when we can see the changes and the things that we've been reflecting and analyzing on um start to take change and start to make shift we don't have to wait until retrograde is over to make those shifts but likely um because these are generational and slower moving planets they are taking a little bit longer to take effect they don't it doesn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. You're you're not going to come to those quick realizations and those those ego deaths and all that 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 um, Mercury will give you, that mm-hmm. these Venus will give you, that Mars will give you. These are slower changes that are happening. Interesting. Okay. So, at least until October, there's still a lot going on internal work for everyone. A lot of internal work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot that's happening behind the scenes, politically. A lot that's happening that I think is really going on, again, in an, on an unconscious level or on a hidden level from us that's going okay. to be brought and surfaced when the, retro, the retrograde is over. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can see that already, you know, since 2020, definitely. Like, there's since so much, so much going. I mean, since there's even a lot of longer. Revision. Yeah, even longer, definitely. But you needed to dig deeper before 2020 I think since 2020 it's much more in the open for people that are at least a little awake and not just watching tv 
um, but trying right. to like, you know, dig themselves and research themselves. Um, you don't really have to do Starting to question. Exactly. I think that's what's happening. They're just, everybody's yeah. questioning and not really uh, taking what's sold to them. You know, we're, we're looking at all angles. Yeah, exciting times. I just grabbed exciting. my phone to send you my dates. Oh, um, love it. <laughs> so let's get into that. Ooh, exciting. Yes, my favorite part. So this is what I specialize in natal astrology is looking at somebody's chart and seeing again the purpose of who they mm -hmm. are oh, i haven't done this in a while i get like so horny to do these it's crazy <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> okay <sighs> let's look let's see let's see what planets you got first yeah you have saturn in sagittarius Mm -hmm. um, which would make sense why, because Sagittarius is all about our philosophies and it's about psychology and astrology and just our connection to our higher self, our connection to our belief system. Mm -hmm. So that may have been a, something that you have struggled with because that's what Saturn represents. It represents a struggle. It's something that we want so, so much Mm -hmm. We crave that Saturn energy. However, Saturn challenges us. It wants us to learn. It wants us to earn that energy. It wants us to earn mm -hmm. that wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so for you, it may, have, it may feel like it's been a battle of always learning. <laughs> Saturn and Sagittarius people are always learning. They're always um, coming to deeper and new understandings. They love to travel. When you travel, it is like a spiritual experience for you. Mm -hmm. It is like a you come to a deeper understanding of yourself and you learn so, so much. It's very important for Saturn and Sagittarius people to travel. And that may have been when you took, like when you had your Saturn return, you may have taken a trip at that time that got you to deeper. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. yeah, right? <laughs> Two trips in that year. Yes, exactly. What I also find really interesting is you have Jupiter and Gemini. And let's see what, what house you have it in. You have it in the sixth house. So Jupiter doesn't necessarily like to be in Gemini. However, um, it's a really cool placement because Jupiter, again, is our higher mind. It's our, what we believe in. And so when it's in Gemini, you're very open-minded. You're mm -hmm. somebody who's able to really take everything with a grain of salt. You don't necessarily attach yourself to belief systems. You're somebody who's like, well, present me with something and maybe I'll change my mind. You mm -hmm. know, you're very open to whatever life has to show you. You're a naturally curious person when it comes to higher thinking things. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. And then because it's in the sixth house, this is your day to day. Mm -hmm. um, so this is your routines. This is your health. So for you, like you're very much your intuition and your knowledge comes in your day to day. It's surrounding health. It's surrounding your routines. It's surrounding your service. How you can be of service to people is to use this very curious energy. Like you're somebody who has a million questions, you know, every answer brings a question. So for you, like, it's very um, important that you always allow yourself to explore everything mm -hmm. and never stop learning. Like you're somebody who's like, I'll learn for the rest of my life and be very happy to do that. Yeah. 
interesting so many parallels to human design as well like a lot of in my profile that fits exactly what you just said yeah I love looking at human design and astrology side by side because mm -hmm. for me like I have um emotional authority mm -hmm. and both of my gates I have a tribal gate and a collective gate and my moon is in my 11th house and I have Mars in my 11th house and so the 11th house is all about our the collective energy it's our friendships and it's our tribe <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm like that very it makes a lot of sense that my emotions my moon my emotional nature is in the 11th house of the tribe and that also connects with human design my emotion mm -hmm. I'm ruled by my emotions which is that Mars energy I think And it's very much related to my relationships, my friendships, my tribe. Interesting. I mean, human design is connected to astrology, so it makes total sense. It makes total sense. But I'm just like, that's not it, though. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's one part. But I'm like, there's so many other different systems in human design. Like, where? True. It's one aspect. But, okay, you also have Mercury in the ninth house. I have this placement, too. Um, and you have your south node in the ninth house. And Lilith is there. So you have um, a very karmic ninth house. And there is this, there's this witch energy when it comes to the, the south node being in the ninth house. And especially because you have this in um, Virgo, right? So you're someone who has had past lives being a writer or being someone who was a public figure, being a speaker, a guru, teacher, um, something that came from like the higher realms, right? Like you were someone who was leading other people, but in this knowledge-based way um, because you have your South Node here. So that's what you're coming from. So it makes mm -hmm. sense that you've always had astrology around you. You've always had like these kind of mystical energies because it also shows um, our early childhood and our early life. So um, mm -hmm. for you, you've always had an interest, especially because Mercury is here too. So Mercury's in Virgo. So you're someone who wants to like learn all of the information about psychology, astrology, and everything that's related to this house. You love to learn about other cultures. Maybe you might know, I think, you know, how many languages do you know? Um, well, German and English, I would say is almost native speaker, like English, yeah. German, obviously. Um, but I used to learn a lot of different languages. I speak a little Spanish, a little Italian, a little French, um, not so much anymore, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the house of languages too. So you're someone who likes to learn other languages or speak in different ways. Like you might play with your voice a lot when you mm. have uh, Mercury in the ninth house, mm -hmm. um, using accents and just like mm -hmm. emphasizing different things. Um, and then also too, it's that... Um, that knowledge of self you have a deep connection with the self and you want to get to know yourself even deeper yeah that's exactly the journey that I'm on since my Saturn return even more like I always was kind of on that journey but not more like subconsciously not so consciously and since 2017 I'm like no I actually want to know more about myself and I'm, I'm trying to figure out all the ways of doing that Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let's look at your first house because it's kind of heavy. You have Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune here. Um, so you have 
you know, the slower moving planets here and your first house is Sagittarius, so you're Sag rising. So it makes sense that like your Saturn return activated you personally. It was very much of a personal mm. experience for you. Mm -hmm. It was a new journey. It was a new direction that you were going in because at some point Saturn had to be on your ascendant. Um, so that's probably when that initiated that new journey, that new path. And you have Saturn in the first house. So um, you're somebody who takes, you can take yourself very seriously having Saturn in the first house sometimes. You can take how you're presenting to other people very seriously, especially when it comes to your wisdom and your knowledge. Mm -hmm. When it comes to what you know, you know, that can be something that's like, because Saturn is here, it's kind of a sore, it's a sore thing, mm -hmm. but it's also something that you feel a lot of like pride and like responsibility. You feel very responsible to live and walk this path. Mm -hmm. And then you have Uranus here. So um, the first house is also about like projections and things like that. So people could put projections onto you when you have Neptune in the first house, mm -hmm. especially uh, when Uranus and Neptune come into the mix. Like, you know, you're somebody who could be seen very many ways from very from different people um, and they're seeing really what they want to see in you they're they're highlighting the aspects of what they want to see so when Neptune comes in here in the first house you're somebody who has a lot of mystery to you you know um, when people first see you or when they first meet you they don't really know what to what they're getting from you they they are it's like you're hard to read you know mm -hmm. when Neptune comes into the first house they don't know exactly who you are. You're a hard person to kind of figure out. Um, but that also makes you someone who's really deep, really spiritual, very intuitive. When you have Neptune in the first house, you know somebody's character. So they don't know you, but you know them. That's that's the opposite of how <laughs> that's what Neptune brings in the first house is like, yeah. you may not understand me, but I know exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really it's fun. It's a fun energy. It makes you really creative too. You know, mm -hmm. like you, you wear your creativity, you wear your uh, spirituality, you wear all of that. Yep. Um, so the first house is really important for you. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, part of your journey in life is to live a very different life is mm -hmm. to live a life that's seeking wisdom um, is to be this very, this sage person you're not necessarily supposed to give like as much of yourself as you are of your knowledge and of like what you're here to teach about, what you're here to speak about, what you're here to share. Mm -hmm. um, but you are more of a secret in that respect. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think I'm, I, I can be an open book easily if I feel safe to do so. Yeah. And then I'm safe. very open. I'm also, I think I'm, I, I can also be an open book easily in general. Maybe that's also my Leo part. Well, you have, I mean, there's other factors in here, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like Neptune also can make um, things a little confusing at times. So mm -hmm. you may not always put out what you want, or you may not always receive what you want from other people. Um, but then you also have moon in the 10th house. So that does make you somebody who's emotionally like yourself, your, your son is in the eighth house. So you don't show who you are to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, you do have Pluto in the 11th house, right? So there's a lot that's going on 
But what I would say about moon in the 10th house people and your moon is in Libra. Um, Libra wants to be loved. It wants to be accepted. It wants to also be creating with other people. It, mm -hmm. When you have moon in the 10th house and it's in Libra, it's this um, needing to be seen, needing to be recognized for the creativity that you do with other people. You know, it's very much a relationship type thing. So your emotions are going to be put into it, who you like your emotional state will be there. Uh, but your ego, your sun, your essence is a little bit hidden from it. You have sun in the eighth house. So when you have Leo sun in the eighth house, um, this can make you somebody who's a little bit more sexual by nature. Um, this can make you somebody when you do show yourself, it's a little bit more, um, you're still hiding. You're, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's not like you're hiding to be in a low self-worth Space. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you're still hiding as in you can't have all of me. Mm -hmm. You won't allow people to have all of you. And let's say uh, somebody will be like, oh, well, anybody can, you know, anybody can say nobody can have all of you. But when you have eighth house placements, you keep certain aspects of yourself to yourself. Mm. Um, and they will only be shared with like very intimate people, people that you can fully trust. This is the mm -hmm. house of intimacy, sex, death, and trust. This is sex, death, death, and taxes. And so for you, in order for you to like show somebody your full capacity, your full self, uh, you need to feel fully safe. You need to feel like you trust them. You need to feel um, comfortable with them because you have cancer ruling over this house. So there's a lot that's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes definitely a lot of sense. It's for me definitely most of the times with very, very close people um, where I open up, but even more so in partnerships, like romantic partnerships because of my Libra. Like I'm, I'm very like... I need harmony. I yeah. love love. Yeah. And um, this is when I open up, but also obviously only if I feel safe to do so. But yeah. um, I, I was in a few pretty long relationships and there obviously I felt safe enough to like share everything. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, to the public, you might share your emotions, you might share your relationships, you might share how you feel about things, uh, but it's like your your ego in a way is hidden. And our emotional self self is a big part of us, right? Like mm -hmm. that's a very vulnerable thing to share. Mm -hmm. um, but even when it's in the 10th house, it's very strategic. You're mm -hmm. sharing exactly what you want to share. You know exactly how you're going to present and what emotions you're going to share. That's true. So it's not... Um, it's not like if it's in the fifth house, moon in the mm -hmm. fifth house with Libra is like sharing is like on uh, YouTube, crying to people, you know, ready to just bear their soul <laughs> or, <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. That's mm -hmm. their purpose. You know, that's part of who they are. So mm -hmm. um, for you, it's just a little bit more um, structured. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I see that. Never thought about it that way, but yeah. 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 I don't know. I think you're a really intuitive person. I mean, I already know that, like knowing you, but when you have sun in the eighth house um, on top of like that Neptune in the first house, it's kind of like putting this extra layer. Sometimes you can be confused about people. You can have the right. Um, that's more when you have Neptune in the seventh house, though. When you have Neptune in the first house, when you have Neptune in the seventh house, you can get really uh 
mixed perceptions and views about people and you can really um, project a lot onto those people. When you have Neptune in the first house, you get people projecting onto you. You get people, um, you know, and I would be interested to see if you have that human design gate, the gate of the provoker, or um, I don't know what that one is. It's like, I have the opposite gate. So I'm the one who's supposed to be provoked. I'm the one mm -hmm. who's supposed to be provoked by other people. And then there's like the provoking gate, the one, and it sounds, I think, worse, like Rob puts everything in like very weird words, but yeah. um, it's a provoking gate in order to heal. Like mm -hmm. that's what you do for people when you mm -hmm. have so much, um, eighth when you have eighth house energy, when you have ninth house energy, when you have fourth house energy, which you have, you are able to help other people see who they are mm -hmm. um, as a reflection without you fully giving all of you. Yeah. Yeah. But I have the feeling that I'm like, like you said, they project onto me um, because I'm triggering them. Yeah. 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 You will trigger people with the Neptune yeah. of the first house and with the sun in the eighth house. Yeah. Yes, you will. Yeah, definitely. Let, that's, that's my whole life. That's my whole life. What you just said there in that sentence, that's pretty much like what I felt for a long, long time. And what you said about the intuition as well. And like sometimes being confused about the people that that was actually the case for a long time, but only because I triggered them so much. This is when I then questioned myself and my intuition. And this is where I got confused. And I was like, oh, maybe I did see that wrong. Maybe that person isn't that and that, you know, because yeah. then they're trying to like, because they were all like manipulate you. Yeah, and they definitely like got into hiding when I pointed something out or whatever. And mm. I was always like, I can be very direct, which is, I guess, also my Virgo Mercury um, and like straight to the point. But I learned to, I don't want to say sugarcoat because I think that's also not the, be not, more not the case. Be more gentle around it. Exactly. And just trying to like speak out of my my Libra a little more maybe yeah. um, out of my emotions when I'm talking to people but I was always believing into being a straight person straightforward person and telling like especially in friendships I was never a person of like oh like you will figure it out oh you will get there but I was always like girl can we talk about that for a second exactly <laughs> you know yeah, because yeah. this is what a friend is to me like I want you to as well I, yeah. sometimes it's difficult for me to like listen to it maybe or get advice but I initially want that from my friends as well so this is what I'm trying to provide because I think that's what a friend is for to not sugarcoat and not you know just say yes and amen to everything you are saying but like actually telling you no I think you should like overthink that or like whatever it Very is real you know? yeah. yeah so but yeah that triggers people definitely and I definitely feel like my intuition got enhanced so much more with getting older just yeah. or maybe just not necessarily enhanced more but like I'm trusting it more now yeah yeah one thing you were saying about your friendships which is interesting to me is you have Pluto um in the 11th house which is the house of community friendships hopes wishes and dreams and so for you um you know when when people have Pluto in the 11th house you take your friendships very seriously. Mm. You take your community and, or, you know, you take that very seriously. You take your dreams very seriously. So um, when people, you know, they can see you as intense sometimes when you have Pluto in the 11th house, they can see you as domineering. They can see you as all of these kind of things, but it is this very 
you are very real. You get straight to the point. Pluto does not sugarcoat anything. Pluto mm. just gives it to you real. And so you may have had a lot of losses and friendships when you have Pluto in the 11th house. You yep. may have had, you know, a lot of dreams that you kind of gave up on. A lot of things that have kind of transformed into something new though. That's the beautiful thing about Pluto is that every time you have a death in this area, it's because something is being made new. You're yeah. bringing in space. Yeah, definitely. Especially about like when you said that about friendships, like I had a lot of changes in f friend groups, definitely throughout yeah. the years. Like I have rarely, rarely any friends that I know from I don't know elementary school or even later but I think it's just I always saw it like exactly what you just said like these friendships needed to die so I have like energetical space for new ones to come in because I was also outgrowing them yes. you know and they did too in their way it took me a while to accept that I was definitely for the longest time holding on to friendships that I should have just let, let go. go yeah yeah same I have a lot in the 11th house I have Chiron in the 11th house really? and Ouch. yeah ouchy right um <laughs> very ouchy and it's uh conjunct my Mars so I had a lot of painful situations happen um in my moon a lot of painful situations happen with friend groups growing up mm -hmm. I had a lot of and the 11th house I look at as three or more like there it's always it's three or more people for mm -hmm. the 11th house when it comes to the seventh house it's one-on-one -on -one connections one person 11th house is the bigger groups and dynamics and so I would attract these heal these relationships in, in order to heal them really like that's what my unconscious was trying to do mm. um but there were so many groups that I was in I was the fourth I was the fourth person and it was like always me cycling through because of my Chiron energy through these groups. And it's very much, it's not the same as Pluto. Yours, your friendships may have really had some like falling outs. You're, you may have had some words and stuff like that. Some heat, heat with yours. Mine was like a sadness, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like the ouch energy, like mm, that mm -hmm. really hurt me, mm -hmm. you know? But you actually have Chiron in the seventh house. So yours is more one-on-one -on -one relationships mm -hmm. that can be um, that ouchy pain. Very <laughs> deep ouchies, yes. It, it, it even sounds too small, the ouchie. It yeah, was an ouch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and then it's, it's conjunct your Venus placement. So that even mm. more so can make mm -hmm. it hard because you want love. And uh, these are both in Cancer. So you can be, you know, there's this feminine wound. There's a lot of wounds when it comes to Chiron and, and cancer. There's a feminine, there could be a mother wound. There could be a lot of different wounding, but it's like for you, the one-on-one -on -one relationships is where you try to heal that, is where you try to heal the, the um, wounding that you've experienced in the past. And it's something that you deeply want. And it may be good for a while because Venus is here. It may be something that kind of like trickles in, like something mm. that you didn't even realize was a problem initially. And it's like for you, you crave it so deeply having this Libra energy, having this cancer energy, you want to be married probably. Um, or you may have with Chiron in the seventh house, some people are like, fuck, fuck love, fuck marriage, like fuck that. But you have moon and Libra. So <laughs> it's a little different, right? So um, 
for you, I feel like you probably have always wanted that. You probably have mm -hmm. always wanted to get married and have a family. And then also you have son in the eighth house. So there's not just the marriage that you want. There is the, you're like the ride or die type of person. When you have energy in the eighth house, you want to you know, um, go through the fights, go through the hardships and everything like that, because you understand that that's what creates a deeper bond. Um, however, when you have Chiron in this house, you know, your wounding probably could have stemmed from, you know, parents divorce or could have stemmed from like a close friend that you guys fell out with, um, could have stemmed from your first relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You just read the shit out of me just now um, oh, I'm done if you want <laughs> no I mean no but like it's, that's that's uh yeah that was like everything was spot on but that just I guess just hits a deep part of me still even though I'm yeah. over all of these things that happened and I know that they had to happen it was like uh, one very very um major breakup that was also in 2017 which just pushed me into like this new way of seeing life and getting out of this that was a very 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 tough one and my last breakup was also tough on me but not close to the one in 2017 that was really really tough and I like I just know that this needed to happen because I know how I was seeing life before that and that would have never continuously benefited me when I would have like yeah. stayed that way seeing life that way stagnant. um it was very codependent also and like all of it in that relationship I learned a lot out of this relationship so that definitely hit hard and um I just still feel it not as a pain anymore but I just still remember how deep it went for me that it's still like when something like this happens and someone like yeah, reads a chart whatever it is and like points that out it's like yeah yeah that was major because it also changed my entire life so I'm also so grateful for it and I know that it needed to happen that way and I needed to happen this intensely also because it was a very big change and a very big point. shift for me exactly so yeah same same for me with my Chiron placement um I had a really good group of friends two years ago. Again, three, three of them. And one girl, this was always the dynamic. I was always closer with one of them. And then mm -hmm. the other two were closer with each other, you know, very catty, very. Mm -hmm. So it was so interesting. As soon as I started the TBM work, these friendships started to fall off. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so hurt. I was so like, and it wasn't anything volatile uh, well there was an incident that happened like there was a specific moment that happened that changed my view of the relationships I already mm. felt like I was on my way out you know I already felt like this wasn't working anymore and I wasn't really feeling good and mostly because um, I didn't feel supported I didn't feel like they uh, were able to hold space for me mm -hmm. as much as I was holding for them. I just felt like I was giving way more than I was receiving. And so I had felt like that for a while. And then this incident happened and I was like, okay, that's it. And I just completely stopped talking to them. They never talked to me. We were friends for a very long time, but it was something that I held 
for so long Mm -hmm. like and I was like well maybe well maybe and I'm like no Autumn like you have completely changed you are not the same person um when I was friends with them I started doing natal charts and they were like not okay like it was very shadowy it was Mm -hmm. shadow energy it wasn't I mean it was about me um, because I have, you know, Chiron and Leo wounds. So there is this creativity wound. There is this self-expression wound within me. Um, however, it was also that I, those dynamics weren't working anymore. Mm. Um, and so they weren't able to meet me. And I was like holding on to fucking dear life <laughs> to, uh, when I really just was needed to end it. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally relate to that Two relationships and friendships actually, but also like you just pointed out before to like, more so one-on-one friendships for me definitely was holding on to a lot of um, friendships for way too long not that like then we never really had a fallout uh, I have to say also not with the with the breakup it was very tough on on other levels but it was just also me giving way too much and not receiving closely even like something back to that amount that I was giving in a hundred percent so um, more so even in relationship I need to uh, in in friendships I need to say and I don't even know why I was holding on to that so long but it's just yeah familiarity I think yeah I think for me that's what it was at least Mm -hmm. yeah I was just like yeah I don't think I can make friends I'm like I'm 26 how am I going to make new friends now Mm -hmm. you know and it's Mm -hmm. like no girl there's ways yeah yeah definitely I mean look at us (laughs) yeah no I've connected with so many great people now that I've allowed that space because they were very they took up all my space one of them Mm. even took the place of a relationship because Mm. we were so close Mm. so I was like I that was just not very codependent Mm -hmm. it was very codependent relationship Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's it's difficult to let go of that because you just can't see clearly when you codependent for a while yeah yeah wow yeah thank you that was like uh, very um thanks for letting me read it insightful (laughs) oh good (laughs) nice thank you I love that I haven't really thought about doing that uh, doing the podcast but I really like that idea like it, it just also shows in general just like what you are doing like mm. right away in like for people watching and like uh, listening so yeah I like that nice. thank you <laughs> amazing thank you so much for your time yeah thank you for having me on I'm so honored to be the first guest. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, Definitely got inspired by your podcast and your work. So I was like, oh, she definitely has to be one of the first ones at least. And then it worked out. And then also on a full moon, like how much more... (sighs) On a Capricorn full moon, right? Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Me too, amazing.